Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach, because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. Hello and welcome back to the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney and as always, sitting next to me is Matt. Hello, I'm here. And welcome back to our season based around all things self-sabotage. Indeed. Which is very exciting. Now, even more exciting is that today, this episode is going to be all about your questions. Yes. So we have got you to... Submit your questions, which you have done through our Facebook page, our Facebook group. And now we're going to go through in this episode and just answer them all as best we can. Yeah. So it's always good to get interaction with you, the beloved listener. Also, full transparency, we are fucking lazy. (laughs) And sometimes it's nice to have a, a podcast episode where you kind of do the work. Yep. Which is the honest truth with this. You're doing the work. We're just here to basically yell at each other about it. Pretty much. Yeah? Yep. So I reckon we just... Well, let's get straight in. Let's just rip the hell in. Mm-hmm. So I'll take the first one. Okay. Uh, question Questions. So what we'll do is... There's a number... Okay. Righto. Right. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. We got a lot of questions. Yes. Now, we also got a lot of questions from people that have multiple questions. Questions. So we will ask them all then. So in this case from Daniela, we have um, more than one. Yes. I will read them all out. Then we will address them one by one and move on. Yes. And there is a pretty good chance we will have some double up on questions. Mm-hmm. When there are double ups, we will just refer back to the first time we answered it because why are we going to answer the same question? No, we won't. Eight times, we're not. <laughs> okay, sound good? Sounds good. Okay, Daniela, how do you pull yourself out of the... I don't care, fuck it mentality when you are having a hiccup. I don't mean in the way that you might go off the rails a few times in the beginning, but when you keep messing up and flying off the rails for no reason except you get lazy maybe, or you think it's too hard and will take too long, or progress is too slow. Not sure the root reason, but it's more than a speed bump. I think it's self-sabotage. Go. Go. <laughs> well, green, light, green light. Let's go. <laughs> How do you pull yourself out of it, basically, is the question. So, I mean, it could be for the different reasons, as Danielle has pointed out. It can be for um, no good reason except for laziness. It could be for um, you think it's too hard and it's going to take too long. Um, process is too slow. I think a lot of these things you've pointed out, Daniela, they come back down to expectations and not having the right expectations going into this in the first place. So maybe your goal setting is wrong. Maybe you just haven't um, really hit that that low point and, and you know, you, ha- you haven't got that aha moment yet. Rock bottom. Um, that rock bottom. Um, so it's hard to say how do you pull yourself out of the I don't care, fuck it mentality when you have these hiccups because realistically you really need to have perspective and you really need to have that idea of what you're walking into 
in the first place. So I think if if you're finding you're hitting these moments and you're finding it hard to pull out of it and you think it's maybe because it's all too hard, it's taking too long or or progress is too slow or or whatever it might be, I think you really have to go back to your goal setting. Remember why you're doing it in the first place? Or is why you're doing it in the first place strong enough? That's the other one. Is is did you go in into this with the right expectations in the first place? Often often when we talk goal setting, a lot of people set fluffy goals. So, yeah. oh well, my goal is uh, I want to get fit and I want to tone up. It's like those goals suck ass. Yeah. Right? Now I'm not saying that's the case here, but I'm gonna give a slightly different answer to Courtney. I'm looking at processes here. Mm. Right? So we are likely to do a podcast in the future titled Here Are All The Reasons Why You Can't Do This By Yourself and it will be about a five-hour fucking long episode (laughs) and he's part of it now. Mm. What I'm reading here is A, a lack of established long-term goals because a goal of my goal is to lose weight, honestly, if you go and take a shit, you've hit your goal, congratulations. I'm seeing a lack of specific goals. Mm. When there's a lack of specific goals, there's obviously going to be a lack of a process or a path to get somewhere. So you look at there's no structure. Often this can come from honestly winging it. Mm. I could do it by myself. I can get this done. No, you fucking can't. I can't. Courtney can't. You can't. How do you pull yourself out of the I don't care, fuck it mentality? Honestly, one, goal setting. Two, process to get to the goal. Three, assistance and accountability. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? (laughs) I really don't think there's anything else to say with that one. I think that that's really nailed it. All right, you want to do the next one? All right, this next is a three-part question. comes from Rose. Thanks for sending it in, Rose. Okay, question. What are some of the telltale signs that you are self-sabotaging? What are some of the common reasons people self-sabotage? Good questions. And finally, what are some good strategies to avoid self-sabotage? Great questions. Mm. That may probably cover off on some of the questions we'll get after this because they're very, they're general, but they're good. Yes. Normally generalization shits me. Yes. In this case, this is really good because, hey, like, let's, let's break this down. So what are some of the telltale signs you are self-sabotaging? All right, where would you like to start? Yeah. I think I think that the telltale signs really are when when it comes to uh, stagnation or plateau, um, when you're not making consistent progress, they are really like the really obvious signs of self sabotage. To me, what do you think, Matt? I don't think much. Yeah. In this case, are you asking what do I think are some of the telltale signs of self sabotaging? Yeah, that's uh, the question. Fu- I, just making sure. <laughs> fuck it moments yep. are an easy one. I was like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. That's, a, that's a telltale sign. Another telltale sign is when you'll tell yourself, oh, it's okay. Just one or two or three or four or five of these junk food meals won't hurt. Yeah. Or uh, I've worked hard for four days. I can take three days off. Mm-mm. Other telltale signs, we'll see it with clients that don't succeed with us. They don't embrace the process as we laid out for them. Yeah, that's embracing a fucking, the process. That is, that is an easy one. Yeah. 
So it's like, here's the plan, here's your training, here's a gazillion different recipes to go and cook, whatever you fucking want to cook, go for it. And you've got some homework to do for us each week. And someone doesn't embrace those things that we've asked them to do, that is a real easy one. In terms of people we're not working with, it's like what I said before, fuck it moments. Um, I think two of the most damaging words you can say in a weight loss journey are the words fuck and it together because usually what follows fuck it is damage. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, then moving on to the part two of this question, which is what are some of the common reasons people self self-sabotage what do you reckon this is this, this is actually a pretty deep one this is and this could go on for a for a while and i think we've the good thing is that i also think we've covered this a lot in within this season mm. um mm. so i think a lot of the 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 reasons that people do self-sabotage more broadly are based around either not as you said matt before that they're not really committed to the process which could come back down to the the start in terms of expectations. Or the reason why they're doing it. The reason why they're doing it. That's a big one, I think. We've had a lot of clients over the years that have come to us and said, yep, it's a 10 out of 10 importance. It means more to us than anything. (laughs) And Then when it's time to go. uh, You know, once that honeymoon period sort of ends, that, Mm. you know, six weeks in where it really gets hard, um, I think that there's a lot of people that drop off and that they realise that what they thought was a 10 out of 10 really wasn't. And it's not necessarily that they were lying to us at the start, it's that they were lying to themselves. They'd really convinced themselves that they had hit that point, but they really hadn't. So sometimes it, it can be that. Sometimes that some people really have convinced themselves that they've hit that point, but they realise that they haven't. Um, some people just don't pick things that mean enough to them. They, they fall into the trap of, oh, I need to lose weight rather than I want to lose weight. And Mm. they're really big differences. You can't do something this hard and for the rest of your life because you feel like you need to do it. It has to be something that you really want. Otherwise, you won't stick to it. So those are really common reasons people sabotage, I think, in the early days. And then you've got things that are are sort of further down the line, which is um, plateaus, people um, not setting constant goals not reviewing their goals they're not putting process goals in place they're only looking at the bigger picture which is really far away um they're getting stuck into thinking that a goal they reach is is the end goal which isn't correct so a lot of it can come down to goal setting that's that's not being followed through um that's not being reviewed goal setting really needs to be reviewed after all um those are those are common things that that come up with with clients that we see through the process. I think. Um, what, what? I mean, what do you think, Matt? I'll go a bit deeper. Hmm. Um, other common reasons that we see: number one, lack of self worth. Hmm. To have success at this, you have to believe deep down you are worth the effort. Hmm. You are worth the investment. You are worth the work. And if you don't, it does start to come out in self-sabotage. You know how I know this? Because it used to be me. Yeah. You tell yourself enough negative things, your actions will start to make that happen. So I see uh, self-worth as a big common reason for self-sabotage, big time. Another one I've seen before, I think we've both seen this, is fear of how it can affect an existing relationship. Mm. 
So if I am starting to change and improve, what will happen with my significant other, especially if they aren't on board, not necessarily working against you, but aren't on the same path? Mm. So when you've got couples that are, that are working together, they might have their own individual goals, but they're aligned in the vision mm. of what we're doing and why we're doing it. That's pretty, pretty encouraging. And I use Courtney and I as an example. Like we like to train together. Mm. We don't like cooking, but we will cook together. We will we will tag team and share the responsibilities on grocery shopping because we we are on that sort of common direction. Yeah. Mm. What if your partner's on it with you? I've seen it where someone can be afraid of how it can affect things. Mm. Like. Will we? Will this lead to us breaking up? So you think, well, I should deep down the actions then start to reflect. Oh, well, I want to stay where I am to keep things as they are. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Another one I see: fear of judgment. Mm. Is where people pleasing can come into it. Yeah, fear of judgment's so massive. So it's it's like, well, I've got, I've made all this yummy food for myself. And I want to take it to work. But what are my coworkers going to think? Mm. Or social situations. I'm going to a party at a friend's house and we know what's going to be on offer. Booze, finger food, you know, the pastry shit, stuff like that. I'm working towards my goals. I've got myself a, let's say, a kick-ass chicken and salad made up, you know, whatever. But you don't want to be the old person out. Mm where everyone's at this party or this gathering slamming down the beverages and enjoying enjoying you know, the, the finger food and here's you in the corner hammering out your, your chicken and salad mm. or your stir fry or whatever. And often it's how you perceive yourself that you think people are going to judge you. Yeah, absolutely. The, the honest truth is most people won't give a fuck. No. But because, you know, we're very self-conscious, especially when the confidence isn't quite there, that's a big thing. Mm. I know that's I've been through that as well. So those are three common reasons I see. Yeah, I think so. So then moving on to the third and final part of Rose's question, which is what are some good strategies to avoid self-sabotage? Thoughts? So strategies, there's multiple strategies depending on, what, what you're doing at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that as well to, to factor in that there's multiple opportunities that you have to self-sabotage yourself over the journey. It's not just going to be one of these things that I've mentioned or that Matt's mentioned. It's going to be – it could be a, a, a mixture of both. It could be several of these. I know in my case I could pick several out that it has been over the years Um and then, you know, you're going to have different strategies to match the different reasons why you're doing certain things. Um, but I think ultimately coming back down to your strong reason why you're doing it is is paramount. I think that this is why we're so bullish on our clients making sure that they have a, a reason why they want to change well, and making sure it's strong enough. It's the first thing we establish mm. before we choose to work with someone. If the why isn't strong enough, it's not, like, no. honestly, save your money. Yeah. 
So everything then comes off the why. You know, your goal setting yeah. comes off the why. And then to help with a lot of your self-sabotage um, um, problems that come up along the way, it might be referring back to that goal setting. But you can't have good goal setting without a strong reason why. So everything really comes back to that strong well, reason that's, why. That's the anchor point mm. that the whole thing comes off of, doesn't it? Or yeah. isn't it? It really is. And that's what you're going to be reminded of. That's what you're going to be sort of referred back to um, in those moments where you are feeling quite vulnerable or you you feel like you're, you're lacking in that self-worth or, or you feel like you've got that perception of, um, of fear of ha- what other people will think or you've got, um, you know, something comes up, a hurdle in your life and that derails your progress or, you know, any of these little things that can then lead to self-sabotaging, it's really going to come back to to that reason why. The other thing that I will, will say that is really essential for, um, for making sure you've got good strategies in place, making sure you've got a great support system because they're the people, you know, whether it be your coach or, as you said, Matt, making, you know, sure that your significant other or the person that one of the people that you live with might be really on board with this and helping you out. Or at least supporting. Or at least supporting because often you're not going to have that that um, ability to reflect back on your reason why when you're in these sort of situations. I would say more than often because you are you are too emotionally attached to your own situation. Yeah, so I think that it's going to be really essential to have that coach or that support system in place to make sure that they can push you back to that. They can remind you of why you did this in the first place. They can push you back to looking at your goals and your goal setting. They can they can push you to to recognize the small wins that it's that it's all not lost, you know. Let's look at the small wins that you've managed to still get through this time. It's, it's that support system that's going to be really big in helping you um, get through this. But if, one thing I will point out as part of this question was, what are some good strategies to avoid self-sabotage? I think that when these are things that I've just pointed out to help you once you've once you've going through it. I think when it comes to self-sabotage, Matt, you might have a different opinion than me, but I feel like it's one of those things that you can't necessarily set out to avoid at all. Because there's so many things out there that can trip you up and it's such a long and emotional journey that you couldn't possibly, I feel like you'd just be playing on the defensive the whole time if you were set out to just be worried about going through self-sabotage episodes and trying to avoid everything. I feel like it's, it would take your focus away from all the good things and the pushing forward and the challenging of yourself. That's just my opinion. I feel like some of it's going to be unavoidable sometimes throughout the time because you're not going to see it coming. And, and that's where I think just having strong support system and strong why in place are going to get you through it when it does come up. But what do you think, Matt? Do you think that the, it is not necessarily, I, I hate to say unavoidable, but do you think that self-sabotage to some degree is unavoidable? Um, that's a good question. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it either, but I was just rereading that question that Rose posed and I was like, hang on a second, I'm answering this in terms of, what do you do I, once you've done it? But I don't think it's unavoidable. Her question was to avoid self-sabotage. I don't think it's unavoidable. Mm. I think it's you can learn. Yeah. And if you keep repeating the same mistakes, that means you're the problem. I do I will say the two best ways in my experience 
to avoid it more often than not and then be able to learn from the times when it happens, there are two. And Courtney said them both, so I won't go too far into them, but I'll echo. One, your reason for doing this needs to be fucking good Mm. and powerful and emotional and not the surface level shit like I want to lose some weight and look fit. Mm. We're talking a deep-seated reason why you are going to take action and step out of your comfort zone and do shit that's hard that most people honestly aren't ready to do. So one, you need that reason. Secondly, you do need accountability and you do need that guidance and that support. But it needs to not just be, I do, obviously, I agree with support at home. It is critical. But you need people around you who can look at things dispassionately and say, hey, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Because often, Others who aren't emotionally attached to your situation like you are will see it before you can. Mm. And if they're any good at what they do, they'll point it out. Like, hey, you're fucking it up and here's how and why. Mm -hmm. So reason number 210 of why you can't do this by yourself. Mm -hmm. Because I know with me, I've had things pointed out to me over the years by coaches that I've worked with in various areas of my life that I wouldn't have seen. Because you look at it like being in a forest, like I'm at the I'm in the forest and the person I'm working with is above it looking down and has the bigger picture view. Because hmm. I'm in the trenches doing it, I can't always see it. Yeah. Those are the two big ways I see to I'm not gonna say avoid all the time, but you can really limit the damage hmm. with that and then use those situations that you have to actually use them as as fuel to move forward and ideally not go through it again or at least be able to recognize it sooner yeah but yep. this, this is just yet another reason why you can't do it by yourself or we, like how many times during the, the history of this podcast have we said that like it's on fucking repeat yeah but you know why because it's true because it's true i'll do the next question yeah sure next question comes from beck one for courtney uh so i'm going to sit this one out when you are feeling hormonal how the hell do you stop yourself from eating all the food slash not mentally losing the plot and forgetting your why? I honestly can't control myself. I do have an answer for this because I live with this person, but I'm not this person. The floor is yours. I would actually like to hear your answer. Okay. Rule of proximity. Uh, that, was, that would have been one of mine, yeah. Rule of proximity. So um, you can eat all the food you want, if the food you've got there at home is congruent with what you're working towards. And I would say, and I said this to my beautiful wife, if you want the fucking ice cream so much that you're prepared to get in the car and drive to the shop and get it, go for your life. Mm. And more often than not, as I think Courtney will attest to, laziness beats (laughs) the desire for the ice cream or the chocolate or the whatever. But if it's in the house, it it is Gonski's. Yeah, I think definitely rule of proximity was one of mine. I'm definitely someone who um, has, suffers quite badly around hormonal time of the month. You know, my body suffers. My mind suffers. Um, I do crave sugar. But you know what, though? Like, you aren't alone in that, are you? No. It's very common. I do crave sugar a lot. Um, I, and you are only too happy to tell me. Yes. Um, so it's... 
it, it can be really challenging, very challenging. I think a couple of things that I've developed over the years would be, yes, one is rule of proximity. Um, whether some people find that easier or not easier, depending on some people. I know we've had clients that have children, um, so they have some snack food in the house for yeah, their you, children. Yeah, but you know what, though? Some is a bit different to all. Lots. So mm. I think that that is one of the big things that we've talked to our clients over the years about, which is, yes, some snack food for the children, but not. you don't need to keep a ton of it in the house. There's also a difference between feeding your children a ton of snack food in the first place, um, and you can make some better options. Also, ideally, ideally, a, a sustainable process shouldn't be one where, in this case, we're talking about females what it shouldn't be mum is eating this type of food the family's over here eating that type of food that's not how this should work is it no so that's why we've always encouraged our clients that are mums um to make sure that they're keeping a lot of healthy stuff in the in the um fridge in the pantries and that often it just so happens out of not even trying that hard. The children want to eat what mum eats monkey anyway. See, so do. that is really helpful. So I do try to have um, make sure one thing is make sure you've got a fridge and a pantry full of good food. So uh, that comes back to rule of proximity. Um, it also comes back to for me. I know when I'm feeling quite hormonal, not only will I crave sugar, but I just feel hungry all the time. And that may be because I'm craving sugar, but making sure that I'm eating often. So I'm not eating more food necessarily. I'm making sure that I'm eating often. I eat often anyway. The frequency. The frequency of when you're eating. So make sure that you're not um, only eating three times a day or something like that. Make sure that you eat often throughout the day. So then that way you're you're feeling like you're you're full. you're full. You're getting the satisfaction of food and and I always make a point to make sure I'm eating food that I actually genuinely like. So once I'm feeling that satisfaction of being full and then I'm eating something that I genuinely like to eat, that that also really helps. Um, I think as well when it comes to adding some sweetness to foods or some sweetness and some sourness to foods, wherever you can, making sure you're adding in heaps of flavor. So I know when I'll be really craving um, something sweet, I'll often make a really big salad and I'll put in there as much ingredients as possible. So not just, you know, lettuce, tomato, and cheese. Ugh. Do you know what I mean? Like how boring. So Fake salad. it'll be like carrot, um, broccoli, cauliflower, the different lettuce mix. Pumpkin. Pumpkin. Capsicum. Making sure that I've literally got every single colour of the rainbow in my salad. It really is a challenge of how many ingredients can you chuck in there. Then you've got herbs like basil and mint add a really interesting flavour to these salads. I hate coriander personally, so I I don't put it in. But that's just me. Um, But what I'll also do is I'll put in some some, um, dried cranberries or yeah. um, a few sultanas. Sprinkle some nuts through there. Um, sprinkle some some mixed roasted nuts. Press so not crunch. A, not a lot, obviously. You don't want to be making it, you know, 90% dried fruit and nut and 10%, you know, salad. But it's all once it's all mixed together, you might be eating and you might just get that pop of tomato sweetness and that little pop of, you know... Um, or the crunch of some nuts. Crunch of nuts. And it really adds a different texture. And I find that that's really my go-to when I'm really craving something sweet. And my last thing that I'll say is definitely making sure that I'm having... I usually have at least one um, smoothie a day. 
um, anyway. And especially during this time, it's something that I really look forward to because I make them um, quite on the fruitier side. So it does give me that pop of sweetness as well. And it sort of feels like it's that nice treat. And what I'll do is I'll often make them um, thicker. And so I'll, I'll often save it till after dinner and then that way it's sort of a bit of a dessert and that pseudo sort of ice cream mat that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I personally make them very um, the same every time because that's just the way I like it. Everybody makes their smoothies or, or liquid meals differently, but I'll have, you know, my protein powder that I usually have. I'll have um, frozen blueberries, ice and water. Um you can also put spices through there, cinnamon. Cinnamon. Another essence. I've seen some people get really creative with their liquid meals and they'll make them into like a cherry ripe flavor. Touch so of they'll shredded have coconut, yeah. Shredded coconut and um, frozen cherries. Um, there's lots of stuff you can do with those. You, so you, you are rewarded for creativity. Yeah. There, aren't you? So making sure that I'm that I'm having one of those. I have them, as I said, once a day anyway, but making sure that sort of around those times that I'm reminding myself, oh, no, 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 don't have the chocolate because I've got that coming. So you know you've got something sweet on your day to look forward to. Before we move on, a real key part of this question here is the phrase, I honestly can't control myself. If you are trying to win the battle of willpower, you will not. No. No one does. And that's why the rule of proximity is so critical. And just as a refresher, the rule of proximity is this. If it is nearby, you will eat it. That's where you'll win and lose this. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah? I tell you, can I say one thing as well? It isn't just females that mentally lose the plot and have cravings and want to eat all the food. Because males, I can tell you, have emotional reactions as well. Rule of proximity. So rule of proximity, yeah. and just look, really look at what, where you can get that sweet sort of hit from something else. A lot of people I know that like to eat. Um, fruity herbal teas during this time, mm. maybe at night, and that gives them that little hit of something sweet. Eating fruity herbal teas or drinking them? Drinking, sorry, did I say eating? But drinking. So think outside the box and when you're, when you're craving sugar, don't think necessarily that, oh, that means that I have to have chocolate or ice cream. Not all. There are other sweet-flavoured things out there, drinks and foods that are still going to help you reach your goals that are going to give you that hit and help you get through these Some, weeks. One of our favourite phrases, go and broaden your food horizons. Mm. You want to do the next question? Sure. The next question, who have we got here from Tom? How to survive a fuck it moment that turns into a whole week of self-sabotage, which leads to feelings of worthless worthlessness? Kind of touched on this one earlier. Yes. Two things. One, why are you doing this? What are your goals? Two, are you trying to do this by yourself? Yeah, I think so. I think that um, a lot of the time we will have those moments because as Matt just touched on, there's really no such thing of willpower when it comes to this. We did an episode um, not long ago, like why willpower has nothing to do with it. Yes. It's exactly this, isn't it? So you're always going to have these just like stuff at moments. I don't want to deal with this right now. Um, But you're right, when those moments turn into a whole week, that's when it becomes a really big problem. And I think that there's a couple of reasons why that happens. I think one of them is that one thing that we haven't touched on, which I will just now, Matt, is that a lot of people don't like to admit that they've made a mistake. Mm. So I think that that's a big one, a reason why that people move from having one bad day or one bad meal and make it into a bad week. It doesn't have to be a bad week. 
doesn't have to go on. You can just stop and just admit to yourself that that was just a bad day. That was just a bad day. And you know what? You know what, though? Can I just say one thing? doesn't always necessarily need to be a bad day. could just be like a bad meal. A bad meal. Or a bad moment because, yeah. like, here's a bit, a bit of advice from both of us. Like, in the past where you and I have had slip-ups, what, what's the next step for us? You just the next meal. Exactly. It's yeah. just the next meal. So, yes, you might have found yourself in a situation where you missed going to the gym that day and it, it was your last workout for the week and it sort of messed you up now. Okay. You might have found yourself in a situation where you've gone out and you thought you were prepared for, for your food but you weren't. Okay. Learn. Um, what, what, are you, what are you going to do? You're, like, you're not going to throw yourself – no one's going to throw you in prison – because you you made a mistake. There's the analogy of you've got you've got one flat tire, so your reaction is to go and slash the other three. Uh, the other one that I always used to like to use with clients in the gym, especially, was when I would say to them, "Oh, so you made a mistake, so you're just going to be a baby and now throw all of the toys out of the cot." Mm. So you're just having a tantrum now because you made one mistake, and then that's it. Now you're just going to throw everything out of the cot. No. You know, no. Very, you do often with this sort of stuff, the way people respond to mistakes is very childish. Yeah. And comes across like a sense of entitlement where it's like, oh, I made a mistake. Fuck it. The whole fucking week's blown up. Ugh, fucking get over yourself. I'll just be shit for the whole week and uh, I'll start again on Monday. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, word comes to mind for that sort of situation. Pathetic. Yeah. It's, it's just one of the things that we touched on earlier in our answers, but that is one thing that we didn't touch on earlier that I think that really needs to be remembered is that you're allowed to make a mistake. It's okay. There is no sense in beating yourself up. There is no sense in being ashamed if you make a mistake. Don't worry about other people's judgment. Other people can go and get stuffed. Like it's not their body. It's not their journey. Mm. You All you need to do is reconcile it with yourself. You need to just say to yourself, okay, that was not my best day. Moving on. Speaking of moving on, I'll take the next question. Um, I'll get you to scroll down a bit, Courtney, because the next couple of um, questions we got from Jay, Karen, and sorry, Jay and Karen, we've just touched on in terms of tips to come back, yep. how, to sign, you know, how to recognize it, and common reasons for self sabotage. Like, we're not going to. We're not going to beat the, de- the dead horse on this one. We've already answered those questions. So Jay and Karen, thanks for that. Uh, we've hopefully answered your questions before now. I will read out the one here from Melissa. Sure. Hello. I love the podcast. Thank you. Thank I do you. too. I want to ask Matt, how did you overcome your self-destructive habit of binge drinking? Mm. Did you utilize any resources? And if so, please do share. Many thanks from the US. That's a great question, actually. Super yeah. question. Matt, how did you overcome your self-destructive habit of binge drinking? All right, Courtney, go. <laughs> well, the, you actually overcame this habit before I met you. Indeed. So this was back when you were we were living in different states here in Australia and you uh, – This was before the Matt and Courtney show. This was before we even met. So you will have a better idea. Able I know to that. I'm just being a dick. <laughs> give this story much more than I can right. about. Um, I, I can, and I'm going to be very succinct about this. Used it. The um, the first way I was able to overcome that habit because I was a binge drinker. I should probably give this a bit of a bit of context in that I wasn't just a binge eater. I was a binge drinker. 
So I've never been one, like I've never smoked, I've never done drugs. My vices have come through food and alcohol and copious amounts. Mm. So binge drinking for me was one, trying to fit in, mm. you know, drinking culture. When you're, when you're confidence. young, that's the next part. It's a self-esteem thing. Mm. You sort of go and, and drink your miseries away. Is it also the fact that you want to be known for something? Because you weren't obviously you were you were a big kid. I wasn't like big. Always, I was fat. You were always big and overweight. So was it that you were like reluctance to use the word fat? I was fat. You were fat. So you weren't recognised for probably you weren't giving any you weren't given much recognition for your looks or your body shape or or that sort of thing. Was Round it as a shape? Was it a sense of wanting to be known for something? Well, at the time, I wouldn't have said that. But you can't rule that out, can you? Mm. Because I could, I could certainly handle it. Mm. And I was a bit of a sponge. So I would not drink through the week and stop me if this sounds familiar. When it came time to the weekend, all bets were off. So I could have litres and litres and litres in a, in, in a session. And you were a big guy, so that's no, helpful. Oh, for fuck's sake. No, 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 but you're tall. So you're, you know, six foot five, six foot six, and you were fat. So already your tolerance to be able to consume. Well, I was a is very big. a very large sponge. So, so then yes. you built that up as well it's over the, time. The tolerance built up. Yeah. Um, have I overcome it? Well, number one is I had a reason to. Mm. Yeah, I hit I hit rock bottom. You were told you were gonna die. I hit rock bottom. No, that wasn't it. No? No. I was told that long before I stopped binge drinking. Oh, right, that's right. Yeah, so the doctor diagnosed you with type 2 diabetes, told you that if you kept going that you were going to die, yeah. and you still kept going. No, of course I did. Yeah. Because being told you are going to die, you think in theory should be rock bottom. It isn't unless you're there yourself. Mm. And, you, and this is why we talk about with goal setting and finding a reason why. If you've hit rock bottom, you will know what I'm talking about. Mm. You get to that moment where you go, I don't fucking care what it takes. This shit's getting turned around. Mm -hmm. So number one, I had a reason to do it that was stronger than my desire to smash the booze. Now, many, many years later, can I just say, now that like there's professional qualifications, we do this for a living, blah, blah, blah. There is no, there's nothing I recommend before alcohol. If someone's goal is to get fat, Weak and unhealthy. Mm. It is the number one prescription, even ahead of junk food. Like if you say to me, look, Matt, I want to get fat. I want to be weak as piss. I want to have terrible health. How should I do that? Drink. Go smash the alcohol. Copious amounts. Do, do that first. It even overcomes. It is so bad. It wipes out good eating habits. Mm. That's my first thing. But anyway, digress. I had a reason to do it. Yeah. Right? Did I utilize any resources? I sure as hell did. I utilized uh, three, actually. One, the gym. Two, my coach at the gym. Three, the kitchen. Mm. I replaced. So it wasn't just um, the binge drinking, it was the food. I was a binge eater, massive binge eater mm. as well. Got to replace. So those are the resources I used. But number one was, I had honestly, I had a reason to do it. And something we, we mentioned earlier in this episode, I was also at the stage where I was now telling myself I would be worth 
the effort. Mm. Remember how I spent? I mentioned earlier about self worth. Yes. I'd hit that point where it's like, fuck it. I think I'm better than this. I think I'm capable of more than this. I think I'm wasting my potential. I need to see and find out what that is. Yeah. So when it came to to that, how? Because you were a big social drinker. Yes. You didn't. Did you often just drink at home by yourself? No. No. So so big, so like all social drinker, how did you, how did that social group that you had, how did they react to you? Because you didn't just slow down. You stopped. Yeah, stopped. Yeah. So stopped altogether. Mm-hmm. How did they react to that? Have a guess. Not well. No problem at all. No problem at all. No problem at all. Yeah, I love that. No problem at all. Because how often is it where you think you're going to be judged? It's purely how you feel about yourself. Did you feel like you were going to be judged when I you stopped drinking? I didn't care. Yeah, you were so far into I did, that. I didn't care. I yeah. was so in the tank mm-hmm. to turn this around and so all in on it. Yeah. I didn't give a fuck. So did you tell your friends why you, what you were doing and why or did they just realise? I've got to think back now. Yeah. I, I don't think it ever came up. They just... Never asked because they just understood. I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Yeah. I was I was just in what I was doing yep. that I honestly didn't care what others were going to think. So you because now – the, Sorry, before you, before you go there, Courtney, when you are unhappy mm. with yourself, and I'm sure you can, you can relate to this, you can think others are judging me. You can think others are looking at me. Mm. And that's a bad feeling. But none of it is as bad if you don't like yourself. Mm. And that was the overriding theme for me. I didn't like who I was, didn't like what I was, didn't like where I was heading in life. And it overcame, it was so, such an overwhelming thing for me. It overcame any fear of judgment, mm. any fear of a challenge. Because the, 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 the logic I had, and this is a thing. Any overweight person will tell you they can't see the future. They can't envision what they would look like. Of course you can't. No. You haven't been there. You can't You can't imagine it. My thought was I can't see the future, but it cannot be worse than this. Mm. So I will, I'll just will choose the unknown because the known sucked. Mm. So now you've chosen to still continue not to drink alcohol. Uh, I have a I have a, a standing rule on alcohol, weddings and funerals. Yes, that does tend to be it. I, I'm quite similar, but I wouldn't say no to a glass of wine if we were, say, out for dinner with friends. Mm-hmm. If Matt and I go out for dinner just by ourselves, I wouldn't drink. I don't crave alcohol, but I would, you know, if we were out for a group of friends, then I'd probably have a glass of wine with dinner. So this isn't sort of a a story about why you should give up drinking altogether. You don't you don't have to, but no. the thing is, when it when it comes, it, well, I'm glad, actually glad you mentioned that because I was gonna I was gonna bring up that this is a discussion about choose your hard. Yes. Really. Yeah. It is. Now I'm not going to say oh you've got to give up drinking. If you are drinking to the stage where it's slowing down your results and you want to change, you have to make a choice hmm. because guess what? I don't control how the human body reacts to alcohol because it's a toxin. Hmm. Whether we like it or not, it's a toxin. 
And the body's not meant to put up with much of that. I can't, I'll tell you what, if you could have alcohol and it had no necessary, no, no negative effects like that, I'd still be a drinker. Because mm. guess what? I haven't lost the taste. No. You've seen it. Mm. If I've had a drink at a wedding or a funeral, it doesn't last long, does it? No. Down the hatch. It's like water. It is like water. But I'm so down the line now with my habits, it's just like we, I'm, I don't need it. No. And it's one thing I've discovered over time. This goes beyond alcohol to junk food and sweets as well. I love it all still. I still love chocolate. Still love pizza. Still love potato chips. Still love hot chips. I just don't have the urge to have it anymore. Mm. If I want to have some, I will, but there's just no desire. Mm. Like there's, consistency is the best friend of a weight loss journey. Yeah. Isn't it? Yes. And there are rewards for consistency over a long-term period of time. Where, like I said, I've still got the love for the taste of these things. I have no urge to have them. Mm. Does that answer the question? It does. Can you um, can you get the next one from Kirsten? I can. Oh, wait. No, sorry. It's from Becky. I can't read my own fucking yeah. sheet. Don't mind me. I just started working here. All right. Next question is from Becky. Oh. <laughs> Very good. All right, Becky, next question. Um, would like tips on keeping... Like t- oh god, <laughs> would like tips to keep from sab- sabotaging yourself over the holidays. It's the hardest time for me. Well, it's the hardest time for a lot of people. Uh, it's my goal to keep from indulging over the holidays. I haven't been able to do it since I was diagnosed with type one diabetes in 1994. I want to succeed this year. Can I can I start with this one? You are the diabetic expert, so I would. Not related to diabetes. It's my main goal to keep from indulging over the holidays. Great. You've set the goal. What's the process to get there now? Yeah, where's, set, your, where's your plan? Where's your process goals? Where's the plan? Mm-hmm. That, to me, that is as simple as this. You're halfway there. Yeah. You've got the goal. What's the plan to do it? And that ties into the rule of proximity, doesn't it? Also, the rule that we haven't touched on much but is really good to underline here, which is you just slightly touched on it before, which is don't remove, replace. I love it. So stop with this idea. And this goes back to the discussion about um, uh, craving sweetness around hormonal time, things like that. Don't remove, replace. Mm. So over the holidays, yes, it's a very big hard time for a lot of people. Um, it's been a hard time for me personally over the years. So the the thing that you have to remember is everything comes in balance. Don't put yourself on a diet just over the holiday period. You will regret it come February. Promise you that. Mm. So the best thing that you can do is what Matt's just said, put a plan in place and assess it. Assess it, but also don't remove stuff without replacing it. For everything that you remove from your plan of what you would usually do over the holidays, replace. what would usually eat, what would you would usually drink, mm-hmm. replace it. Yep. So that's where you might replace drinking copious amount, amounts of wine with sparkling water, soda water. Mm. You know, flavor some soda water with some fruit. You might have iced tea or hot tea. Yep. You know, find a suitable alternative. But if you continue to remove, 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 
You're going to put yourself on a diet over the holidays and then come February, you're going to blow out mm. because it's not sustainable. Yep. So that's the biggest tips that I can give over that time. I think you've pretty much hit the nail on the head. Yep. And also we have, we've done episodes before on holiday eating, haven't we? Traveling. Yeah, we've done a lot on traveling as well. I look at it as being as well. Holidays is like weekends in terms of you're not at work. So often you might need a, a, new, a different routine to develop. Mm-hmm. Work routine versus home routine. That's something that helped me a lot. When I, like for many, many years I was working out of gyms and then our, our own gym. And you've got a routine where well, I've got to go to the gym and do these classes and this and this and that. And it, it's like your, your nine to five Monday to Friday routine, but then comes the weekend you're at home and sometimes all bets are off. I think part of this goal of to keep from indulging out of holidays is to build a holiday routine. Build a holiday routine, definitely. Make sure you're setting it out, what days you're going to exercise, what time you're going to exercise, making sure that they're non-negotiables. You're going to have your non-negotiables over this time. You know, Well, you should have them over all the time. We should have them all the time, but definitely over the holidays, even though you might have a different routine, um, you're still going to have non-negotiables. So yeah. what are they? Set them in place. Yep. Decide when you're going to exercise. Decide when you're going to food prep. Decide what you're going to eat. I think the thing to remember as well is when it comes to holiday and holiday food, holiday eating, a lot of it isn't necessarily bad. Most of us just choose the wrong things. So there are plenty. I know here in Australia we have a culture of barbecuing. Um, Here in Australia over the Christmas period is actually our summer. So we do a lot of barbecuing. We do a lot of roasts, you know, outside in the in, in the barbecue, roast veggies, salads, lots of salads, things like that. Mm. It's the desserts that often where we come undone. But even then, you can make better choices if you if you actually plan ahead. Yeah. And then you know, I know in other countries, it's it's winter mm. over the holiday period, over the the Christmas. Um, in in the US, you've got. Um, Thanksgiving as well, um, just before that. So yeah, that, that is, that, which, which from what I've seen externally, like that is like the green light weekend to just smash it. Yeah. It is. But again, from what I've seen, we're obviously not American, um, but from what I've seen, the food that is available and traditional to be served on those times, they're not necessarily all bad. It's just picking the right areas and again it might come down to the desserts or or something like that that you just have to set yourself a plan you have to say okay i'm not going to have that but don't not have dessert because again that's you're putting yourself on a diet and you're setting yourself up for a blowout replace it so yes you're going you're going to have dessert you're just going to pick the right one all right next one i'll get this one mm-hmm. uh glenn Hasn't phrased it as a question, but is said well enough where we need to bring this up. I cannot seem to fix being time poor. I've tried everything, try, but I'm sure it's a mental thing on why I can't make time and stick to it anymore. Hence, I sabotage my process. Time management and being time poor. What, Courtney, would be your initial thoughts here? on how to fix being time poor? Because I got one to start with, but ladies first. Well, I think it's hard to say for sure without knowing 
the entire schedule. So it's hard to give specific advice. But when it comes to being time poor, I would say that there's there's always something that you can look at and there's always something that can be done. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of the time in the past when I've seen people that have said I'm time poor, I don't have the time, often when when I talk to them more and we get down to the root of it, they're actually they're trying to work out even more than they need to. Yeah. So no wonder they feel time poor. Mm. So, you know, they're trying to put two hours aside to go to the gym. Why? You can do a workout in 45 minutes. Well said. So I think that's one thing to also assess is when you say you're time poor and maybe, you know, it's a mental thing and how do I stick to it? Well, ask yourself, what is my plan in terms of getting my workouts in, in terms of getting my food in? Mm. And am I trying to overstretch this? Am I trying to put aside too much time? It doesn't need to be that much. So that would be my first thing that I would assess. And then after that, it would be, okay, where can I fit it in? And also don't be afraid to have it slightly change week to week. I know I used to work in a job um, in the hospitality area where I worked every weekend. So my weekends were Monday and Tuesday. Um, and, and, that, and even within that, I had some day shifts, some night shifts. So my training schedule week to week would alter. Sometimes I worked out in the morning. Sometimes I worked out at night, depending on when my, my job sort of requested me to be there. So... Um, and I, I, I often thought that was a negative when I first started, but it's not because you're getting it done. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So you just spoken about how your work schedule was um, all over the shop and you still got your stuff in. Mm. Why? Um, because it was, it was non-negotiable. Thank you. And, and that one became a non-negotiable for me very early on. Now – why was it a non-negotiable? Because I knew that if I didn't exercise, then everything else would fall apart. But then you go deeper than that. You had a reason. I had a reason to make it non-negotiable, yeah. and this is what's going to tie into my response to this. Can't make time to stick to it anymore. One, you need a reason to. And then following off the reason is it has to be powerful enough to make certain things here non-negotiable. Yeah. Honestly, to me, I'm not going to answer any more than that because that to me, is that sticks out here very, very simple. Yeah. You need a reason to do it and then you make certain things non-negotiable. Yeah. And I've, I've gone through the same thing as Courtney. I've worked extremely long days when I used to, to train people at gyms while working a full-time job in an office. I'd work out of two gyms, one early in the morning, work in the office nine to five, then a different gym at night time till about nine o'clock at night. Now, what will I do at nine o'clock at night? Do my, work out. Do my training session because it was non-negotiable because mm. there's no fucking way in hell I was going to miss it because the outcome and why I was doing it meant enough to me to make the sacrifice there. This is the thing when it comes to being time poor. When you say yes to something, it means you must say no to something else. Yeah. Now, we talk about non-negotiables. The list of non-negotiables in your life should only be very, very short. And I'll give you my list of non-negotiables right now because it won't take long. Ready for this? Mm-hmm. My own health. My wife. My family. The clients that we work with. My friends. The end. 
Mm-hmm. Outside of that, everything and everyone is negotiable. Mm-hmm. Those things are not. That's a small list, isn't it? Yes. Now, what was number one? Your health. Okay, exactly. And I mean, realistically, you doesn't have it, to no have that. No one looking after it, are they? Well, if, if, if that falls down, then the others fall down anyway. Here's an exercise that I recommend to you listening. Something I've done with clients in the past, without telling them why, I've said to them, do me a favour, send me through a list of the 10 most important people in your life. How often I've got those lists back without their own name on there. Mm. If your name's not on there, that's why you're time poor. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. All right. Do you want me to do the next one as well? Yes. I'm on a roll now. You're on a roll. Push forward. All right. This one. Uh, I read so slowly. We'll be here until midnight if I keep reading them out. All right. Second last one mm-hmm. from Kristen. Yes. Food is like an addiction for me, just like smoking or alcohol would be to others. I maintain great food choices for a period of time, then relax it for a meal or two over the weekend. This is slowing down my weight loss as it seems. I just need to look at a cafe lunch and I have a small weight gain. Number one, stop fucking weighing yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like you're not going to gain weight from eating one meal. Here's the thing, right? Well, gain fat. Yeah. This is the weight loss podcast. We don't weigh our clients. Don't weigh yourself. Go by the photos. Here's the thing as well. And that's also why I want to include this question in this because it does touch on a good week followed by let's call it a relaxed weekend Mm -hmm. and there's a discussion that that we've had with clients as well previously about peaks and valleys Mm. right most people's peaks as in when they're doing very very well are really high and they don't need to be improved Mm -hmm. it's the valleys that are damaging so theoretically if someone says to me oh I have like a a treat meal or two over the weekend, I would say, okay, you, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Now, what are those treat meals? So, for example, a Matt and Courtney treat meal might be homemade hamburgers or a homemade pizza. Mm-hmm. An old type of Matt treat meal would be two Big Macs, large fries, large Coke, followed by a couple of ice creams and a pack of the chips mm-hmm. or a family-sized pizza by myself with a full um, serving of garlic bread. Mm. So I'm talking about peaks and valleys. Yeah. The valleys, can, the valleys can be so damaging, and I hate to say it, but it's the truth, they can be so damaging it can undo what you do for the rest of the week. I think as well there's a big difference between then relax it for a meal or two over the weekend. Not only do you need to check what that meal or two is you need to actually make sure that it is only a meal or two because our brains have a funny old way of erasing from our memory (laughs) what actually we eat hey hey this meal i had went for six hours and it was eight eight beers two pizzas three hamburgers yeah Yeah. And, and, (laughs) and honestly it's not that you're you're deliberately lying it's you're it is a scientific fact. A protection mechanism. That yeah. your brain will will 
not let you remember a lot of the stuff that you do. So ensuring that you're writing down and you're keeping good, accurate record of what you're eating is essential for really checking this over time. Are you saying accountability helps? Yes. Because also we've seen people that exercise the way they're supposed to be exercising, but their food – if we say what, you know, 100% is like perfect, Excuse which me? no one's going to be. Oh, 100%. Matt, you would say that the average person can still like that. We've seen people still make great gains at like 70% in terms of eating and drinking what they're supposed to be doing. For sure. So to say, you know, oh, it's the one or two meals. I have, I have one cafe meal and then I'm gaining fa- weight. It's not necessarily fully accurate. So I think that that's where you also not only have to look at what is that one meal and how big is it, but it's also is that one meal unconsciously becoming an entire weekend because that is what we see over and over again, which is people who are great during the week but they completely lose it not just for one or two meals over the weekend but for the whole weekend. Yeah. And that is going to definitely slow down your progress. Well done. Shall I hit the last one? Yes. All right. This is from Trish. Talking about self-sabotage, oh my, this is me. It ain't just you. I'm sure you're of that. It's all of us. It's like every time I get close, I do all the bad things and rock it back up again and then some. It's also if I get a compliment. It's like, oh no, I can't be looking good or achieving anything, so I eat everything in sight. How do you tackle that? P.S. I've been listening, binge listening to all your podcasts, so happy days. Thank you. This is a good one, especially talking about if I get a compliment. Mm. How awkward can you feel when you aren't quite confident yet? Yes. And someone says, oh, gee, you're doing well. You're looking good. What are you doing? You working out? Yes. I've struggled with this. Yes. Did you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I struggled with it a lot because I got too complacent once I started getting compliments. Mm. So I started to feel really good about myself and I could tell that I was losing weight and then other people could tell that I was losing weight, started to get compliments, and then it became the excuse to say, oh, well, I've done so well. Mm-hmm. I can go out this weekend or I can have this or I can have that. I've earned this. Yeah. yeah. And, and and like you mentioned before, Matt, you know, that just one thing would turn into five things and most of them unconscious. You know, I would I would turn into eat snacking throughout the whole day unconsciously um, because I had told myself that one time that I'd earned it so my brain just flicked into beauty. Mm. And then next thing you know, you've been snacking all day. So I was guilty of doing that a lot unconsciously snacking, um, writing things off as, oh, well, it's just one, but that just one happened every day. So it's not just one, it's just seven. So, you know, it happened every day. So that just one became just seven for the week. Um, And those sort of things just added up and added up for me, but it all came because I started to get compliments on the way that I looked. And so I really plateaued after I first made my first set of gains, you know, after the first sort of three months. I really plateaued there for about the next six months um, because I just couldn't get over that that mental hurdle of, oh, yeah, but I'm looking good now, you know. And then it was just like I deserve this because I look good now. 
And it's that, you know, that sense of entitlement of, but I did this, so Mm. I get to have this. Not putting two and two together in my mind that said, yeah, but if you do this, you're going to just look back shit the way you did before, never even entered my mind. Um, So that, that was, you know, that was really, that was the big thing that I always struggled with in terms of getting the compliments and you look good was that sense of beauty. I've I've done it. I've made it. This one here, where where she mentions, you know, like oh, I can't be looking good or achieving. That sounds like self worth. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. Are you worth it? Well, that was one of the big things that I think you struggled with, which was, I guess, I never had that as much because I felt like, you know, yeah, I do look good because I've worked my ass off. That was always my attitude. But I know, for instance, you Matt, like you, someone would say to you oh, you look really good, you you drop some more fat and your your go-to reaction without even you thinking about it used to be, oh, I'm not there yet. And it was very dismissing because, you know, you can't give me a compliment. I haven't reached my goal yet. So it was very dismissing and, and, and I felt like you had a bit of that. You didn't feel like you were worth the compliment. Fair. And I think as well it comes down to a lot of people. They don't feel like they're worth a compliment because they feel like they haven't achieved what they wanted to yet. So don't compliment me. Ask you a question. Mm. Do you ever feel or look at yourself and see what you used to be? How? Or do you see, or do you see yourself still as your old self? No, I don't. Because I have. Yeah, no, I don't. I actually have to look at photos to remind myself of how big I was. You've forgotten it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Day-to-day basis, I don't I don't have a picture that I, I reference back to mm-hmm. in my mind. Oh, fair question. Mm. Fair answer. Truthfully, but you, you obviously do. You see yourself still sometimes as big Matt, fat Matt. Big Matt. Sorry, fat. Um, I have, not for a while, but I, I think... It's not – I know I'm not on an island with that one. Mm. Where I think a lot of people, and this is one thing here, where Trish mentions like struggling with taking a compliment, wonder if she sees herself a lot is how – She used to look. Uh-huh. Maybe. Maybe. Because when you spend a lot of time there, it's there's um, baggage that comes along with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there is. And it can manifest itself in different ways, but obviously you connect with this style of um, mindset that you can get stuck in thinking about the way you used to oh, be. Oh, you definitely can. Yeah. For sure. Mm. When you've been there for a long time, like it's still fresh. Yeah. And then, you know, she goes on to say, you know, she eats everything in sight. <laughs> okay, that... Rule of proximity. That's rule of proximity, but also yeah, that's tackling emotional eating and yeah, coming to grips yeah. with what you're going through yeah. and not looking to food to help fill that. You have to actually start to feel some of this stuff yourself. thing is as well, though, you know it is It is okay to look at food. It's what you're looking at. Yeah. Well, I mean, a phrase I have is, no, I never got fat eating vegetables. No. Nope. Anything else you want to add there? How can we call this one an episode, yeah? Yeah, I hope that's been helpful. 
if you've gotten this far, you've done pretty well. I think it has been helpful. So we would like you to invite you to come and hang out with us at our Facebook group. Yes, absolutely. Just, uh, you'll see a link for that in your podcast app. Come and hang out with myself, Courtney, and other fans of the show. Yes. If you want to spoil yourself, go to theweightlosspodcast.com slash shop and go and get yourself a pair of socks with our faces on it. <laughs> yes. Or a, a cool gym bag. Cool gym bag, coffee mug. The I don't weigh myself because the scales don't measure sexy Might just gym bag. come in handy. I mm. think so. Absolutely. So let's wrap this up, Courtney. Well done. High five to us. High five to us. Whoa, 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 Matt. Whoa. 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 We almost forgot. We forgot to say goodbye to the season. What were we thinking? Yes. Sorry, sorry. This is not goodbye for the Q&A episode. We needed to say goodbye and thank you for listening to season three. Yes, this is the end of season three. Uh, hopefully you've got a lot out of it. Yes. We've really enjoyed putting it together. Yes, we have. So please feel free to give us any feedback through our Facebook group, our Facebook pages, email us at podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Honestly, hope this helps. Yes. That's the whole purpose of the podcast. And just as a special little bit of an announcement, right now as you're hearing this, we are already working on season four. The gap between season three and four will not be as big as the gap between two and three. It'll be here sooner than you think. Yes. So we're already working on that and we cannot wait to bring it to you. Yeah, absolutely. And so you'll find out more about that through our Facebook group. So make sure you are a member and... Watch out for some surprise episodes as Watch well out. coming in the near future. So back to your regularly scheduled outro. outro. Bye. Are you ready to share your success? Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com. 